I'm Nick Abrahams, and welcome to Web3, From Mystery to Main Street, the podcast where we talk about how technologies like crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and the metaverse are being successfully embraced by mainstream businesses. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, I am delighted to have a real superstar of Web3 on with me. So let's just look at some of the accolades of my guest, whose name is Sammy Tauber. We'll talk about the accolades in a moment. Sammy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honoured to be here. Oh, it's very kind. Well, <laughs> let's let's just, I mean, I've just, I've just grabbed a few of the things that you've won in the past uh, year or so, but uh, Chief Metaverse Officer of the Year, that's kind of big. One of the top women thought leaders uh, of the future for Metaverse and Web3, and also Top 10 Personality Disrupting the Music Industry, and the most dynamic entrepreneur from the entertainment industry. So, Sammy, that's a, there's a lot going on in your world. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So I guess, you know, you're, you're a storyteller, an inventor, company founder, award-winning multimedia artist, so lots of achievements there. Um, but maybe to sort of give the rest of us mere mortals a bit of an understanding as to how all this came about, could you give us a sense of what you know what what has been the story? How did how did you get here? Well, thank you for firstly for the kind words, and I just want to preface it by, by saying that I believe we're all inherently entrepreneurial and creative. Um, right. So thank you. And um, my story has just been one of hard work and persistence, and uh, sticking by a vision, but also a passion for the future. I would say I'm a positive pragmatist for the future, um, and I believe in what we call a protopia because I, I inherently don't believe there's anything uh, that exists like a utopia. But obviously, I would not like a dystopia. So protopia seems like the way to go. And um, I've always been passionate about technology and creativity, and so fusing those two together and the symbiosis is where I believe I sit um, with my company, Vinci, and just my mission and vision and purpose uh, for being and what I do with my time. So um, that, my story is in 2018, I created my company, Vinci. Um, it was inspired by Leonardo da Vinci, uh, the famous polymath. And I think I chose that name as well because my brain works like a lateral thinker and it's quite divergent um, and also creative. And uh, I love embracing the inventor's mindset and just not, you know, siloing into a box and coloring outside the lines, as Mike Pell would say. And it just felt like an, an appropriate name to call the company um, as an aspiration for a way of life or a way to pursue my life. And uh, then that name itself became inspiring and I, I trademarked it and became my North Star for how I wanted to approach uh, all the content that I create. And so in 2018, I was looking for an identity uh, for the company beyond just my own personality. And I was interested in the convergence of the gaming and the music industry. And uh, I'm a storyteller at heart as well. And I, I love world builders like uh, George Lucas or right. Walt Disney and people that have created IP from nothing and right. built franchises and worlds. And so... I was like, what character could, uh, you know, resemble this and personify this project? And uh, I love superheroes as well. Um, and so I was like, let's make this 3D, a futuristic galactic superheroine character that can become the face of the company and my North Star creative muse for all the content that I create. 
And it's by no stretch a new phenomenon. Like, you know, you've seen the gorillas, you know, they yeah. personified their music oh. project as yeah. uh, virtual avatars. But I was interested in like really covering all forms of multimedia and uh, building a world and um, a story and franchising it out. And so that has been how I've uh, dedicated my time since 2018. It very much started in the music industry, which is my main uh, gig, but I also have expanded beyond that to create all forms of content, leveraging, you know, game engine technology such as Unreal Game Engine and thinking about how I can bring this story to a live stage show as well, which I can talk about later. But uh, I guess that's been my story, just always, you know, trying new things and experimenting with technology in almost DIY style um, as a creator with an inventor's mindset. Yeah. And and so so I guess so you've got Vinci the company, which sounds like it's a, a we describe it as a production company, I guess, in, in sort of more traditional speak, in terms of that's that's the company through which you put your your content and your uh, creations. And then you've got your alter ego um which is the uh the 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 superhero heroine uh so vinci and and so vinci the avatar um so that so so do you perform in as both you know as as sammy in as sort of a you know in real life or is all of your performance now vinci that's a great question so thank you for asking that um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because people are now instantly right recognizing this character, which looks nothing like me by design. It's meant to be something that people can see themselves in. And, you know, I'm inspired by, you know, classic characters like a Spider-Man and, you know, people dressing up and cosplaying, and that's very much the of a Barbarella thing going on there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, but I've always been a physical performer as well, like, you know, since I was three years old. So my vision and what I'm actively doing is marrying the physical and the digital world together. And I guess this is how we kind of connect this with the metaverse because, yes, the metaverse is like the next iteration of the internet, it's the spatial web, it's gamified, real-time, persistent, um, joint value creation. But, like, it's not just virtual reality or the digital world, it's equally as important the physical world unless what's the point um and so that is part of my mission so when i perform it could be just the character piloted by a motion capture but what i enjoy the most is performing like cosplaying you could say in character as Vinci, live physically as myself on stage. And then the other uh, actors on the stage, whether the dancers or the musicians, they could be dressed up as part of this world uh, that I've created uh, and built. And so it feels more like a metaverse musical rather than just a, um, you know, a typical, you know, pop artist music show that you'd go to because you're, you're, you're walking into a story. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is a little bit off script, um, but just maybe I, I was reading some interesting research the other day that was uh, it asked the question um, of of the you know, it had many thousands of respondents. Do you feel more yourself online or offline? Um, and and there was a, the, the staggering part about it, particularly for a Gen X like me was that 45% of the Gen Z and millennials said they felt more themselves online than offline. I mean, could you, do you ever, because so Gen X don't understand that and certainly the boomers do not understand that. 
Could you, do, you, do you have a view on that? Do you have thoughts? Do you think that sounds about right? Or It's an interesting question um, because I believe that, that maybe if there was a research study, it showed that because, you know, young people spend so much time online. And as we could say, like <laughs> the metaverse is already technically here with Gen Z and Roblox and all of these yeah. virtual platforms and uh, the gamified economy. Uh, in terms of feeling more yourself online, I... I, I can't answer that for everybody, but for me, um, definitely as a creative, I feel like I've really discovered and explored, uh, you know, more multidimensional aspects of my creativity thanks to the online world that just is not possible physically. Uh, you know, I don't look like my avatar character and nor would I want to be that in real life. It, for me, it's a pure creative pursuit and it's almost like character acting and it's exploring different sides of yourself. Uh, but that being said, like I, I learned recently that the word avatar is such an old word and it comes from the ancient Sanskrit word avatara, which means descent. So technically, our physical human bodies, we are already, you could perceive that as already being avatars because it's our consciousness, right? Um, right. in our physical human bodies. So what's the difference then of projecting that consciousness into these digital beings? They just maybe are expressed differently or don't look one-to-one -one as your digital self. You don't have to be a digital twin in the online world. And I guess that's that is the the beautiful side of all of this in the metaverse is that it's limitless in possibilities for how you choose to express yourself. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a such a fantastic way of thinking about it. I mean, you know, one of the one of the things that I love about whether it's Web three, the metaverse, or indeed even AI, is that it's 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 interesting for people who like to think about what is consciousness and so forth, and where you know where does that all take us? And I love the idea that you know the human body actually is an avatar in and of itself. So yeah, that's brilliant. Now you you've also got a vodcast show. Um, so you are the first vodcast uh, show host that I've ever interviewed so i'm, I'm uh, it's called future humans can you talk a little bit about how that works what's the what's the nature of a of a vodcast show yeah, thank you for asking that question. So that show was born during the pandemic because oh, uh, okay. I was, <laughs> of course, I was looking for new ways to experiment and connect with people and have really interesting conversations. And obviously I'm like a deep thinker. I love philosophy, creativity, futurism. So I was like, let's get some really interesting guests on the show. And around the time of the pandemic, we were seeing the rise in popular culture in terms of discussions around the metaverse and Web3. And so I just thought it'd be an interesting time to start a show. But what was cool was um, I'm obviously not as my human self in the show. I'm as the Vinci character. And so it became like a fun project for me in the pandemic of how do I uh, speak as her and animate her live. Um, and obviously to do that, I utilized motion capture. So I got an indie uh, mocap suit, Rococo suit, and uh, got my iPhone to capture my face data and then basically streamed live out of Unreal Game Engine um, into any application that you would like, whether it's YouTube, Twitch, or Zoom and that's how I'm able to appear as the Vinci character. And I just thought it'd be an interesting uh, experiment, to, you know, to talk to humans, but as, you know, a virtual character about these topics, you know, hence the title Future Humans. And it's quite ironic because obviously uh, I forgot to mention, but the Vinci character is a, a fictional, super sentient, like awakened AI 
character. Right. Like right. that's um that's the storyline around her. Um, because I was inspired by Nick Bostrom because he's like into AI, obviously, and yeah, he wrote yeah, this yeah. book, Super Intelligence. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, you know, I also read um The Singularities Near by Ray Kurzweil and thinking about the technological singularity and thinking, well, AI is going to affect all uh, spectrums of the world and all industries, especially as a creative. Um, so what would it be like, you know, putting as much passion and love and like a multidimensional character into this fictional AI being, um, but it happens to be all the contents written by a human and piloted by a human. It's quite ironic. I might, you know, expand and license it out to have AI versions of her in the future, but I I really am like uh, mindful that I want to bring as much humanity to this fictional AI being as possible for like the purpose of questioning what is a future human, you know, and what's our relationship with AI, you know, it shouldn't be, you know, there's two choices, love or fear. So I'm trying to embrace a more love mindset, you know, more viewing AI as a symbiotic partner or right now it's really just a tool, generative AI, but in fiction land of where we could be going, where AI could be going if it became more sentient, what would that relationship be like with humans? Anyway, so that was the inspiration for the title of the vodcast show, Future Humans. And then I started off with Kathy Hackle as my first guest, um, you know, the, God, the godmother of the metaverse. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then I've had other iconic uh, people like Amy Peck and, of course, oh. Mike Pell, of which you've had on your yeah. show. And yeah. that's yeah. how I've, like, you know, grown my network in this space um, from the time of the pandemic. And it really opened up my world to having these really stimulating conversations and meeting all these people. But what was really interesting is after, you, and I'm sure you would know this too, after you interview a certain amount of people, you realize a common denominator and thread and line of best fit, which is that everyone wants a better future. And mm. uh, the the way they manifest that might be in different industries, but there's this collective understanding that, you know, any old model that might be broken, not only do we want to fix it, but we want to think of new models and ways of um, empowering everybody. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I got into a little bit of a, um, a tussle on, uh, on social media today on, on AI and someone was, cause I was, you know, talking about how I've been using a particular solution and how impressed I'd been with it. And they, they just wanted to attack me because it was going to, you know, make the world a worse place and so forth. And it's like I completely understand that sort of mindset, but equally, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I certainly, as you seem to, come at it from a positive place. Um, you, you mentioned Nick Bostrom. I guess did you, are you um, have you thought much about simulation theory and so forth and uh, uh, whether we are, in fact, living in a sim? Is that... Is that sort of something you explored <laughs> from a creative point of view? Um, definitely. I mean, I, I I wouldn't think we're living in a simulation, but it depends on how you define a simulation, whether it's, you know, an organic or an inorganic one. Um, I'm really interested in quantum. I just read this fascinating yeah. book called The Quantum Economy. Uh, and so, you know, it's reality is, you know, beyond our understanding yeah. and that, you know, and as Albert Einstein said, there's two things that are infinite, the universe and human stupidity, and I'm not quite sure <laughs> about the universe. So <laughs> I, I take a leaf from that book and I just, you know, I, I have no idea what truth with the capital T is, but what's exciting about futurism and technology is that you can question and, you know, these fundamental understandings and nature of our reality. And obviously as a creative, it's a, a sandbox and a playground 
playground of creativity and ideas. So uh, it definitely does uh, inform, you know, concepts behind the content that I create. Yeah. Now you've you've spent a lot of time in the music industry, and you know I think we've seen, uh, particularly you know, the concept of music and the metaverse come together uh, reasonably strongly. And and last year, in fact, you know, MTV had the first ever um, you know metaverse uh, music award. So you know, sort of clearly a part of the zeitgeist. But can you give us a bit of a sense? Where do you think? sort of the music industry will be taken by by Web3 and the metaverse? I love that question, um, and I've been asked that quite a bit. Um, I feel like from an artist's point of view, the traditional model of like a label giving an advance and having to pay that back and being basically at service to the label is long gone. Um, I mean, that still exists, but there's just so many other ways to access an audience. Um, So for instance, with the metaverse, you don't even necessarily have to have a physical presence or perform in real life to grow your fan base. And there's so many ways to, you know, do virtual concerts and live streaming that, you know, it's all of a sudden you're not relying on these traditional platforms i won't name them but you know the wall uh, wall gardens and you don't own your audience and the data of that audience now you know especially with web3 you know it's opening up you know via the blockchain programmable smart contracts and ways to monetize your um your content through what we call the creator ownership economy and so that's really empowering for creatives and that's obviously affecting the future of the music industry it's the the combination of the web3 technology as well as the metaverse and ways to build an audience that might have not been the traditional way to build an audience and i mean we've even seen with like industries like digital fashion like people value that and uh connecting that even to the music industry and selling digital merch for avatars um you know they call it the direct to avatar economy is that the next <laughs> direct to consumer so it's been um lateral in ways of how you can think about um not just monetizing you know your created your creations but also finding new ways to activate an audience and allow them to co-create with you um it doesn't have to be just like you know they're on the receiving end and listening to the song via a streaming service like all of a sudden there's so many ways for them to have their own identity whether it's an avatar identity and maybe they meet up in real life as well and a presence and be able to express themselves online and maybe help co-create the world for the artist so it's limitless in possibilities and that is fundamentally disrupting the music industry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's brilliant. Now, I know that Vinci is aiming on working with more mainstream organisations and, as you're aware, the, the purpose of the of this particular podcast is, is really to talk to mainstream audiences about Web3 and, and sort of what the opportunities are. So how are you planning to uh, to work with mainstream companies? Yeah. So recently, um, I performed at the, the Brits, um, for the Brits week and I headlined a show and it was sponsored by MasterCard. So, okay. um, wow. here's an example of a mainstream brand, uh, interested in the future of Web3 and the metaverse. And so part of, uh, that gig that I did, the headlining was as well promoting what they're launching. They've just launched actually the Web3 accelerator program for music artists, uh, partnered with Polygon. Um, wow. and so it's showing a new revenue model for artists that maybe 
you don't need to anymore go down the traditional label path and ways to monetize their content and build a Web3 audience and MasterCard's helping with that. And so, you know, it was very, very much an honor to be approached by them and um, become an ambassador for that and as well the metaverse. And so the way the way with the Vinci company that I'm looking to work with Web3 as well as mainstream brands is very much around multimedia IP and creating a world, world building, franchise building based around a story. So um, as I mentioned earlier, my North Star is a franchise like a Star Wars. And so it starts with the Vinci character because that's the lower hanging fruit because I can be her on stage and people, that's how I build up brand awareness. But beyond that, like I've just finished writing um, a science fiction novel uh, and there's a diverse cast of characters. It's a space opera and uh, you know it's going to be launched in the metaverse. And I definitely, when I wrote it, which was an interesting exercise, I wrote it mindfully that, you know, it could be um, activated in the metaverse as well as real life. Um, and I'm really excited about the future of entertainment. Like I, I love, you know, what Disney do with their theme parks and all of that. And obviously all the patients they get with AR technology where you don't need to like rely on wearing smart glasses to have an immersive experience. And I love the concept of Imagineers, like the combination of imagination and engineering and bringing people people from different specialties and industries together to world build. And that's what I think is the most exciting aspect of the metaverse is world building. And then Web3 is purely the the tech layer, you know, the substrate for it and ways to monetize, you know, via the blockchain because of its immutability and its transparency. So the blockchain powered open metaverse is uh, definitely the the North Star for the Vinci project in ways that I'm going to activate the multimedia IP in franchising. Great, great. And maybe just one final question, which is, um, you know, you're obviously very comfortable with this world and you know, the way you've, you've rolled off sort of the various um, technology platforms that you work with and so forth. Um, but there, there's obviously organisations out there, so mainstream companies who are looking at, you know, Web3 and Metaverse and just wondering what to do. And so do you have any tips for, you know, companies, whether it's in marketing or other areas, you know, how they might think about, you know, what a, what a metaverse project might look like? Mm. I've done a bit of consultancy as well for companies uh, that are looking to activate in Web3 and, you know, as well as the metaverse. And it's a very different mindset uh, to traditional like Web2 activations. Um, and first of all, you have to understand your audience. Um, like we're talking about a decentralized audience with a very different ethos and value system. Yeah. Um, and they value community. Uh, they value ownership. And they also value ways to become creators as well because at the end of the day everybody is a creator and so that is the power of the metaverse and web3 it's thinking about not just linear customer consumer journeys and thinking of non-linear ways and all the different touch points for how you know through the as you could say the marketing funnel to the sales conversion uh to bring them into the world but it has to be done in a very authentic way because now more than ever we're um especially gen z generation are cognizant of uh you know exploitative data harvesting or you know where to algorithmic filtration bubbles and AI recommendation systems, and it just feels very inhuman and inauthentic. So 
you know, my advice obviously would be when playing in the Web3 space and the metaverse space is to be authentic and also to find ways of involving the community so they become active stakeholders and, um, you know, um, participating in the creation of whatever you're building uh, because they will feel like they're getting more value for that. Fantastic. Sammy, you've been incredibly kind uh, spending time with us today. I'd encourage everyone who's listening to um, to, to follow Sammy. Uh, she is doing some truly remarkable things. And so I wish you uh, continued success. So thanks very much, Sammy. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Web3 from Mystery to Main Street. Nothing in this podcast is legal or financial advice. Have a great day. And remember... Every organization needs a Web3 strategy.